Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today? Doing very well. I finally set up a new rug in my family room and I'm very excited for it. It feels like the room, has the vibe of it has totally changed. <laughs> You're laughing at me, but why? I, I'm sorry. It, it's just... <laughs> It, it, it's a very adult thing compared to what I did today because you're like, oh, I put in a rug <laughs> yeah, into, I my, did. into my room. Uh, <laughs> what did you do today? Tell us. I, I went to Epcot and <laughs> I got to experience uh, the gar- new Guardians of the Galaxy ride as a uh, little benefit for being an employee. Uh, cast preview is what they call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to experience two different songs because the song... There's different songs. There's six different songs mm-hmm. that could be that could play during your ride. So I have now experienced three of them at this point. Okay. So let's see cool. if I can get to all six. <laughs> obviously, so they're all the, obviously 80s songs. Yeah, they're all 80s songs or late 70s. As, you know, like Disco Inferno is one of the songs <laughs> that played. Pretty sure that's late 70s. But yeah, mostly 80s, mostly. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it was a great time. Uh, had a lot of fun. Guardians of the Galaxy. So obviously, I was telling you before we got on this podcast that I really, really want an Easter egg for the Ellen's Universe of Energy ride that used to be there. And yes. I'm looking for- forward <laughs> to somebody, some rando finding the Easter egg if they don't already like release release what it is. Right. If they don't yeah. let us know already, hey, as a tribute to Ellen. It's a joke. Like, honestly, like if you it haven't really been is. on the ride, you don't understand that the ride was like woefully out of date and 45 minutes long. And Ellen's animatronic was straight out of hell. Like, I don't know how they thought that was passable to look like Ellen or anybody, but. Yeah, and it was perfect to go sleep. Like it. Oh yeah, no, no get joke. out of the rain if there was a rainstorm coming. Yeah. That's the perfect ride. Or to just do it you're on. just tired, just take a nap on the ride. Yeah, perfect yeah. place to sleep. Yeah. It's nice and dark for most. It's of dark. The ride. It's a dark ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that is not what we're getting. Anyway, with Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, official name of the of the ride. Uh, <laughs> shout out to The Rock today. We were, we're recording on May second. It's his fiftieth birthday. The man is no way. 50. Wow. Yes. So happy birthday to him. Half a uh, century. Half a century indeed. He has lived many lives in his 50 years. <laughs> that man has lived. It's a chameleon. Really? Uh. For real. Uh, but today we're we're not going to talk about a, a specific movie. No, we're not. It's not a new release. Uh, if you look at the title of your podcast feed, You'll see what we're talking about. And you'll notice if you listen to us as it drops, what is today? Today is May 4th. And what do people in the Star Wars universe say? May the 4th 4th be with with you. you. (laughs) Exactly. So before we get, you know, too much into the weeds of Star Wars, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. 
Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. And so today we are going to basically take a look at where Star Wars stands in on May 4th, 2022. And we're going to look at the different properties, whether it's movies or, you know, we're going to look back. Obviously, we've done epi- an episode on Star Wars, a couple of episodes on Star Wars, kind of. Yeah. And I think it's two know, reviews, maybe, maybe one review, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker. Because <laughs> that was also, a new release. And then we did a, like a retrospective, which was really cool. And we got a lot of people on that too. A lot of friends. A lot of friends indeed. So the the place I kind of want to start is your general feelings and my general feelings or our personal relationship to Star Wars. Like, how do you feel about Star Wars as a whole? And then we'll kind of get into the nitty gritty. So when I say Star Wars to you, mm-hmm. what is like some of the first things that just comes to your mind? Is it like the good stuff, like good movies or characters, or is it like making fun of it? Like what is the first thing that comes to your Definitely mind? Definitely the waters are muddied at this point in my mind and in my heart because we have gone through a roller coaster of emotions the last few years with the Disney trilogy and how... I want to say the toxic fandom has really sunk in like the battleship as far as changing lore and writing and affecting the trilogy and the entire scope of the Star Wars universe as well. And I, I really hope that if you're listening, you're not one of these people because honestly, you're booting people off social media. And you're causing a lot of division and worry for nothing. Like I'd honestly, I love the franchise and I love Star Wars as a seed, as like an inception seed. But what it's become now is just very complex and rather annoying to me. And it feels like an overplayed song. Mm. Like you're like, oh, yeah, I used to like this song a lot. But I can't listen to it anymore because it's overplayed. That's exactly how Star Wars feels to me today. I see. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Look, I can echo some of those sentiments because Mm -hmm. I think that we sometimes get into conversations and it's not even a ill-intentioned conversation. Like we don't go into it like, hey, I'm going to bash this guy for liking the movie. But we kind of disliking a movie or disliking a movie. But we kind of end up in those like, you know, quarrels, so to say, like with just friends or even people <laughs> we don't really know where it's like, did you like the Disney sequels? And then like, if you dare say anything nice, it's just like, oh, my God, they ruined the franchise. And it's just like, let's settle down. First it's off. for my two cents is that it's not that serious. Well, yes, it's not that serious. It's a land of a world of make believe. There's people being paid to write and create and, you know, have a little bit of respect. Like, I know we are always the critic and we're amateur critics, but like at the same time, like we don't take ourselves very seriously and we don't take the subjects very seriously most of the time at all. I think that everyone needs to have, a you know, come at it with 
a little bit of grace because at this, I mean, this is an industry and we are the consumer. And as much as we can like or hate something, it's not that serious. It's a movie or it's a TV show. Like this isn't saving lives. You know what I'm saying? It's not that serious. It's not. And when people get mad, like saying like Disney ruined the franchise, um, in my head, I tried to, what are they trying to say with that? What are they trying to say with they ruined the franchise? Because Mm. against what? Against what? It doesn't mean that you can no longer see the old movies. I don't think that's the case. Does it affect those older movies? Does it affect the prequels? Does it affect the original trilogy? No. Like you can still watch those movies. So what is it ruining? Is it ruining your idea of what you thought was going to come after? And because it didn't match what you thought was going to be the you know, ongoing story. Now you're saying it ruined. So basically it ruined your headcanon is what you're saying. Right. <laughs> you know, because you imagine Luke Skywalker to be the greatest Jedi of all time and be the all powerful. And what you got in the last Jedi was not that. So you're like super mad. And like, I'm sorry, but like if they gave the job to someone to write a story and they decided to take it in a direction and you didn't like it. You could say you didn't like it. Yeah. But to say that it ruined the franchise. <laughs> as in like they can never do anything going forward to gain your fandom back. It's 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 silly. <laughs> silly. Because I know those same people. Is this turning into a movie therapy episode? I, Star Wars edition? I don't edition? mean it to be. I don't mean <laughs> it to be. But those same people, May 27th, are going to be sitting on their couches at, you know, at 8 a.m. watching Kenobi, you know, they're, they're going to be there, you know? So to tell me that, you know, a certain movie or couple movies ruined a franchise, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't think that's a thing. I just think that people are mad that they took the story in a direction that they didn't envision themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So for them, it wasn't satisfying. And because they found other people who thought the same way, then they can kind of like all gang up and it's like, see, I, I'm not the only one. Who it's like a mob like culture it. on the internet. Yeah, there you go. It's it's exactly what we're saying. So, but mob mentality. Let's let's take it rewind back and, it because I don't think we meant to come off negative. No, definitely right not. out the gate because, like I said, I the seed of my love for Star Wars is real. I grew up watching Star Wars and I love the the world building. I think this is one of the first like true trilogies and franchises that has built out like a real honest to God world. And yeah, like you could say Star Trek did the same thing and I'm not knocking Star Trek and I'm not like belittling it at all. I love Star Trek, but I think as far as mass appeal, yeah, you just <laughs> Rico just threw up the sign for Star Trek. The um, Vulcan. The Vulcan yeah. <laughs> I, I just think that Star Wars has a little bit more mass appeal. And because mm-hmm. I think we can thank Disney for when they, when they bought Lucasfilm, they have done a great job of bringing it even further out than where Star Wars was before and taking it, you know, to Disney levels. We're getting cereal with like Darth Vader and Kylo Ren on it. And like it is everywhere. They have done a great job licensing these characters everywhere where you can consume them. 
And I think that just goes to show that like, you know, even though it's a machine, like Disney 100% is a machine, they are. but it knows how to freaking market what it has. Yeah. They, it, so people sometimes will use that against them. Like, oh, Disney, the Disneyfication of Star Wars. It's kind of like when somebody likes a band, but if too many people start liking that band, they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. I liked them before. It was cool. Kind of feels that way. But That's me and I BTS, think, but beside the point. There you go. But <laughs> I think that we should be coming at it from a different perspective. I think that looking at Disney as like a corporation that maybe you're not fond of and you hate the way they've you know taken the story, fine. But you got to give them credit for exposing so many people to this world. Sure, it was a giant thing even before Disney had got their hands on it. But now that Disney has their hands on it, they have like made it a global phenomenon mm -hmm. that people will go and actively seek out, whether it's on the big screen or if it's on the screen in your home, like they are pushing stuff. They've and pushed it and they've made it more accessible. Yeah, they've made it more accessible. Sure, there's been like slight little tweaks in there, here and there, or, you know, again, story choices. But people who love new characters, there's people who love the new sequel characters. There's mm -hmm. people who love Ray and Kylo. I yeah. love Kylo. I think Kylo is one of the, I think one of the best characters in Star Wars in general, just mm -hmm. because I've said this before. I, I think I may have said it on the, uh, Star Wars retrospective episode, but he is everything that Anakin should have been type of mm. thing. I've mm. said that where he he has this uncontrollable rage because he wants more and he's not being given it. And, you know, so I really enjoy that character. So I think that is what Disney has been able to do with Star Wars is give us characters that people are invested in, people really care for. So with that said, though, I want to first ask you, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? I think it's a pretty simple question. Which one is your favorite? My favorite is A New Hope from 77. Okay. I love that movie. And I've said this before on the podcast. I'm an origins story person. I love the beginning of things. I love set the rising action, setting up characters, getting to know people. And... In A New Hope, like you're literally just thrown and you have no idea what is what is going on in this universe. Like, what are the principalities at play here? Who is who? They don't get like George Lucas did not give two shits. No. He entered in on the story and was like sink or swim. And I love that about the movie. And upon rewatch, like there's certain things that I like gravitate towards that are different from what I gravitated toward before on a previous watch and like I just find it amazing and even though you could say today that it's very formulaic I thought it was I think it's groundbreaking you know mm -hmm. it, the fact that this movie was even made number one is a miracle and then in the time 1977 mm -hmm. we're at pretty much I'm not gonna say the dawn of like special effects but this is where special effects actually starts to kind of really take shape, take form in mm -hmm. Hollywood. And Lucas had a vision. He he had an idea of what he wanted to see. So he 
you know, did as much as he could by himself and then created one of the everlasting pop culture, you know, zeitgeist moments ever with A New Hope. I truly enjoyed A New Hope. Uh, I don't have it as my number one, my number one. I don't think a lot of people do. I don't think so either. I think (laughs) most people have it top three or four out of, you know, all the movies Mm -hmm. for the most part. But I think the one that I'm going to say as my number one is most people's number one. one. Consensus and is Empire Strikes Back. I think everyone feels like they're on their A game in this movie. Actors, uh, directors, writers, you know, Kasdan came in for this one and um, directed by, why am I blanking on his name now? Because it wasn't directed by Lucas. Lucas actually uh, directed the first one, but it wasn't... uh, it wasn't by Lucas, but uh, I'll touch on that in just a second. But I feel as though everybody came to like they were game for this movie. Mm-hmm. They were ready to go. Uh, Irvin Kirshner. Kirshner. That's Kirshner. him. Yeah. I, I I was like, why am I blanking on his name? I, I was so mad. Uh, I love the obviously the theme that John Williams creates for Darth Vader in this film, mm-hmm. the Imperial March. I think having the way the movie ends where the good guys don't win, I think is masterfully done (laughs) because everything kind of leads to them failing because the first one is like, like you said, formulaic. It's very simple. Like good guys come out on top. They defeat the bad guys. But Mm -hmm. the way I mean, I don't think he knew that he was going to do a whole thing. Maybe maybe he did, but he he didn't have the support to do a second one. So he was like, I guess this has to stand on its own. (laughs) Exactly. And I love that the, the good guys are on their heels pretty much the entire movie. Like they are being, you know, pushed back that Hoth, you know, the the bad guys win on Hoth. The good guys have to escape Mm -hmm. to not be killed, you know, and it works its way all the way to cloud city towards the end where Vader captures Han. You know, and obviously that's like a contract thing because Han was like, please, I don't want to be the, in this anymore. And so they froze him. You like, mean Harrison Ford? Yes. Harrison you Ford. said Han and I was like, I wait, know, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Harrison Ford didn't want to be in it anymore. So that was a contract thing. But whatever. It still made for a very good ending. And the fact that now the good guys kind of have to recover. And, you know, so I really enjoy Empire Strikes Back. So. Those are our favorite movies. Do you have a favorite character? I, I yes. think I know the answer, but it's go ahead. Princess Leia for me. That makes sense. I love Princess Leia. I just think that she's so spunky and she has so much attitude and she can back up whatever the hell she says with mm-hmm. action. And she's super decisive, a wonderful leader. And I just love her strength and. Everything about her is like, you know, feminist, I guess, is the word. Like, it's like, you know, girl power. But then I was like, well, there's a better word, I guess. It's just feminist. She's standing toe to toe with freaking Harrison Ford. And sure, you could say, oh, they had an affair and they were lovers behind the scenes and all this stuff. And there was all this drama. But on screen, she is standing toe to toe with all of every single guy in this movie and especially Harrison Ford. And I love the line in A New Hope where she says, well, somebody get this walking carpet out of my way. (laughs) 
big walking carpet out of my way. It just goes to show that like she's a force to be. I didn't mean to put a pun there, but a force to be reckoned with. Hey. And you can even just, see it in the in the sequels too. In the sequel yes, trilogy, yeah. she is General Leia Organa, so mm-hmm. she commands the forces of the Resistance. She's the one that has to talk sense into Poe Dameron. You know, Poe Dameron kind of wants to like die a hero. Cannon. Yeah, he's a loose cannon, wants to kind of like die a hero. But she's like, no, we got to be smart. We we can't just be out there trying to shoot our way out of everything. Mm-hmm, we got to mm-hmm. be strategic. We have to maneuver. So imparting wisdom at, in her later years as well. And shout out to Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher is just <laughs> Amazing. Rest in peace. One aspect of Princess Leia that I wish we got, and this is like a huge part of the sequel trilogy, is that she's a mother. Yeah. Yeah. And I, we never get to see that aspect of her in any of the sequels, which I really would have appreciated, actually. Which actually ties into my favorite character. I already talked about him, and it's Kylo Ren. I mm-hmm. honestly feel that like what the fuck happened for him to like you know what i'm saying this person yeah the person we meet in force awakens like how did he become that Uh being the son and daughter of han solo son and daughter the son and daughter of han solo and leia you said daughter oh sorry what are you doing (laughs) i don't know what i'm doing there being the son of because you know what I was thinking I was thinking of the parents <laughs> two I was thinking, yeah <laughs> so I was thinking of two different like there so I was going to say the mother and father are you know Han Solo and and Leia but I mixed it up anyway <laughs> but what I was what I was trying to say was that when it comes to Kylo Ren how did he get there how did he get to that point mm-hmm. where he is. He, he doesn't care about his father. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. he actually kind of hates him in a way. And but there is a struggle there. Like mm-hmm. you can you can feel the struggle on Adam Driver's face. Like he delivers like emotion, but not like he doesn't have to blurt it out. Although there are moments where he lets his anger like truly like manifest on screen. But I love that there are moments where he is reserved, but like you can see the struggle. And I think one of the best times that we see it is near the end of The Force Awakens is where he is telling Han, I have to do something, but I don't think I have the strength enough to do it. And like on his face, there's the conflict, the conflict Mm -hmm. that's within him of going full dark. And he does. He gives in. He gives in by killing his own father. And I think the way the story's. Again, I'm I'm not really including Rise of Skywalker on what they did with his story because that that movie's a bit of a jumble. It's a bit of a mess of what they're doing in that movie because it feels like they're trying to, you know, course correct. And I put that in quotations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but sorry. And the reason why I put it in quotations is because I am a fan of The Last Jedi. You heard that here, folks. I am a fan. <laughs> Of The Last Jedi. All right. Anyway. So. <laughs> I People ju- swerving I just in their cars love, listening to this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I really love that character. I think that is a well-formulated character. And I love that he is fully realized. He's a fully realized character. 
versus someone like Ray, not to bash on Ray, because I, I do like Ray, but she does feel a little one note. Incomplete. Yeah. Like, oh, I do good. That's kind of like a mission statement for her. It's like, I'm a good person. I do good. And yeah. So, yeah. And something versus- that something that Daisy Ridley brought to Ray during the last Jedi and Rise of Sky, uh, yeah, Rise of Skywalker, is this like thinly veiled rage, and you see it in her fight with Kylo, actually in Force Awakens as well, that she is just unstoppable and very vengeful when people attack her or attack her friends and friends, I guess, because she didn't have family, and I wish that that was explored a little better. Because I think they tried to with, you know, alluding to her sense of loss and longing for her parents. And then the fact that she comes from a a dark side lineage, you could say. Yeah. So I just think that they didn't do quite as good a job on kind of fleshing out the nuances of why she is the way that she is. Because there is a kind of masculine-esque like rage about her that is never I don't touched know, on that is never like really explored i think that depending she on is how like a you battering this, ram she is <laughs> when she's fighting especially yeah she is um you know she's doing do not the, like get in her ser- way. do not get in her way and she's got like the serena grunts and she's you know screwing up her face and she's not at all the kind of polished princess that we see princess leia or even padme where it is very much about femininity, not right. feminism. No, femininity. I'm talking yeah. about femininity. Yeah. With those and for two. her, they like totally kind of did away She's with brash. that. brash. Yes. She's aggressive. She's mm-hmm. rageful. Like and you I would said. love to have explored a little more of that. And, you know, you can tell that they start touching on it in The Last Jedi because most of her rage is coming from not knowing who her Uncertainty. family is. Uncertainty. Where is her family? Who is her family? Are they coming back? Mm-hmm. And that scene in the cave, you know, on the island where Luke is, and her seeing a reflection basically of herself, like she is, she can only count on herself. She's her own family. At least that's how I interpret it. That's how it, I kind of interpret it as because it's, a million versions of herself. It's like a clone. Ah, okay. You came across it as a clone, as yeah. your interpretation. I came and across it. And this is after it. watching Rise of, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, then yeah, I reinterpreted true. my like feelings on that scene. Because ah. it can go 20 different ways. I do yeah, not think can. that they, I don't think they crafted that scene necessarily with one almighty no, interpretation. One, no, exactly. I think they wanted people to have an interpretation of what you can say that meant to her, what meant to Ray, mm-hmm. seeing herself and in, you know, a dozen copies of herself. And then when she revealed, she asked the question, you know, show them to me. And then it's just her reflected back at her. Um, that could be played so many different ways. Uh, and I, I was enjoying, like they were setting something up there, but then of course, Rise of Skywalker just, this is where we get back to the fans. Like they, they obviously listened to what the fans and I, by fans, I mean the vocal minority 
because I, you're going to come across a lot of, just hold on. I, I, I see you making a face. <laughs> the reason why I say vocal minority is because I think that if you were to take the actual amount of people who were disgusted or mad about The Last Jedi, it's actually not going to be as big as you think it would be the way it is online. Mm. That is a vocal party that's out there like bashing that movie. But I just don't think they're really large. But again, the way the internet works, like just look at, you know, the Snyder Cut. Release the Snyder Cut. Release the Snyder uh-huh, Cut. Oh, yeah, right, right. So, and then the company kind of bent the knee and we're like, okay, we're, we'll do it. And same thing happened here. Disney kind of like listened and they're like, okay, uh, let's bring JJ back and let's see if we can like get back to maybe what the original vision was. If there was an original vision, that's probably one of the biggest things that I, I, I gotta say is that this, this feels like he's uh, a trilogy that was just rushed for the sake of having movies out there mm-hmm. without having a clear directive, a clear vision of this is where the story is going to end and we're going to build it out to get there. It doesn't feel like they did that. It just feels like, hey, we own Star Wars. Let's make some movies. You know, like mm-hmm. that's what it kind of felt like. Um, Still enjoyable. There, there's stuff in there that's very enjoyable. But I do want to say, though, for where they are with the with the movies, which doesn't feel like there's anything coming down the pike, really. I think they made an announcement of... Taika Waititi getting his own Star Wars movie, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Here's a movie I know that was kind of basically already put on the back burner, and it was Patty Jenkins' Road Squadron. That's the one that I was going to bring up, yeah. Which Road I think, Squadron. Yeah, that would have been really fun, but I already know that that movie kind of is being delayed. It's benched, I think. Yeah, I think it is benched. uh, Basically because I don't think Jenkins is like fully on board at this point. I thought she she departed the project. Did she depart the project? I think she did. Um, She was, yeah, you're right. She was, but due to creative differences, uh, she's no longer, you know, on that project, which I think is such, it's dumb. Like, this is a person who obviously knows how to build out big action pieces. She's done it with Wonder Woman uh, to a lesser extent on 84. But Patty Jenkins is a very good director. Letting her take a new concept or not a new concept, probably the concept of Top Gun in space mm. probably would have been the idea. It, it kind of feels that way. Because you're talking about a group of people who fight in X-Wings. So it's kind of like maybe it is a Top Gun. But I think that would have been a fun idea. But of course it's shelved because of course. Now Taika Waititi uh, is going to be directing an upcoming Star Wars movie. There are no details. So there's no dates. There's no – there's nothing except uh, that it's being co-written by him and by – uh, Christy Wilson uh, Carnes, who helped write this script to 1917 and Last Night in Soho. Mm-hmm. 
So who knows what's going to happen there because like it could be anything. And then on top of that, the big one is, well, there's two big ones. Uh, Ryan Johnson still, at least at the moment, still has a trilogy that's supposed to be set up through Star Wars. Now, will that actually happen? I have no idea. I hmm, I am a fan of The Last Jedi, so I, I think that Ryan Johnson could take an interesting approach with whatever he's trying to do. He set up this really... Like this world in Canto Bite that people love to bash, including mm-hmm. a friend of the pod, Danny Romero, loves to True. hate on that scene and that sequence and especially the character of Rose. And in that sequence, they introduce some like slave kids and one of the slave, ki- slave kids wears like the ring of the resistance and seems to be able to wield the force. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite things about The Last Jedi is the possibility that there are at this late stage in the galaxy children who have no master, have no way of honing their skills, have no idea why they can do what they do. Exactly. And I'm like intrigued by this concept. It really lends itself to... The idea, and this is an idea that I kind of liked when, you know, at least from what the movie gave us, Last Jedi, is that the force is everywhere. Mm-hmm. The force can be wielded by anyone. Mm-hmm. I like that concept. Doesn't Where, have to be a family of force sensitive people. Exactly. Uh, and so I like that as a concept. I, I love mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. it can come from anywhere. The final one that at least on paper, what it's looking like is Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige uh, is currently developing a Star Wars movie. Again, no details really. <laughs> um, except that he's developing it. So does that mean he's the director? I think it does mean that he is di- directing that movie. Mm. Um, obviously we know Kevin Feige, he is, you know, the front runner. Marvel of man. Marvel man. <laughs> His own I'm superhero. Sure, there, there probably is a character called Marvel <laughs> man, but yeah, like he is the head honcho at Marvel. So, mm-hmm. and you know, we can have our qualms about like the movies themselves, but I think for the most part, they have a very good track record at Marvel being able to produce well-liked movies that people are going to enjoy all of, you know, all over. So giving him a shot at Star Wars, I I don't see a problem there. Mm -hmm. Now, the more interesting thing. Well, first off, let me ask you, did any of those projects in any way sound interesting at all? I just think Ryan Johnson has already developed a palette for Star Wars based off the one movie that he got to do. Yeah. And hopefully there's more where that came from. Honestly, like I feel that he's willing to make, not make changes, but expound and expand this this galaxy. Because we've just been in this Skywalker saga for since 1977. So 
I appreciate that he's willing to branch out. As much as I like the Star Wars, you know, Skywalker saga, there's other, you know, the universe is kind of big. I get it. You know, yeah. there could be other things that could be there going can, on. Yeah. <laughs> so with that said, I do want to turn our attention a bit to TV. Mm. Because I think that's where the exciting stuff is actually happening. Oh, you do? Okay. I think so. Because I think there's they're, they're taking at, at least some kind of chances here and there while also relying on stuff that's come from before. So talking about the shows, I think you and I are probably in the same boat. The animated stuff, we can't really talk about that well. Yeah. We're not. Yeah, I haven't seen a single. Well, I can't see a single thing because I think I watched. What did I watch? I watched a little Clone bit of Clone Wars. Wars a yeah, a little, little bit of Clone Wars, but nothing that I can sit here and talk intelligently about the Clone Wars. But they have one, two, three, four, five animated TV series. Clone Wars, Rebels, Star Wars Resistance, Star Wars Visions, and The Bad Batch. Right. And only one is like overtly for children, which is Star right. Wars Resistance. The Resistance. rest you get pretty much anybody, any age can watch. Right. And then, so we can't really speak too intelligently about those projects Although there's right. a lot of characters from those projects that are now starting to appear mm -hmm. in the live action stuff. Yeah. So right now they're live. They really put all their chips down and said, we're going to make a show and it's going to be a Western motif and we're going to give it to John Favreau. He's going to be the head. Of this. He's going to be showrunner. And Dave Filoni is going to have a huge impact on how the story unfolds. And that is the Mandalorian. Mm hmm. I truly like The Mandalorian. I think it's a very good show. I loved um, it. Yeah. See, and whether you're coming at it from appreciating like the Western, you know, like tropes that they play around with, you know, you know, lone gunslinger type of thing, or you came at it because you love Baby Yoda, you know, or as the show calls him, Grogu, like. Depending, they, 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 I mean, I can tell people. you which one I am. <laughs> yeah, no, I, obviously you're the, you're, you love Western so much, Jessica, that <laughs> you couldn't wait for season two of the Mandalorian. I, I know. Listen, uh, <laughs> I gave Mandalorian a shot. I was very much open, but at the same time, kind of closed off because I'm like, you got to impress me in the very first episode or I will freaking drop you like a bag of hot nickels, as Miguel <laughs> says. That's right. I have no qualms with just leaving off, even like mid episode, like, okay, this sucks. I'm stopping. And the very first episode of The Mandalorian, they introduce at the very end of the show this adorable little green baby Yoda. And the rest is history. I have watched both seasons of The Mandalorian. And I don't know if I can possibly continue because spoilers for The Mandalorian, they shipped off Grogu to God knows where with, I don't know if I should even say who, because that's a major spoiler for the end of The Mandalorian. But I appreciate what they've done, the characters they've created, the worlds that they've gone to in Mandalorian. And uh, I think that Rico would like to jump in now. <laughs> Um, there's probably people like screaming right now, like, wait, uh, not because of a spoiler that that's not it. Because if you're listening to us, we are going to spoil some stuff, but I think I'm going to spoil something for Jessica oh, is Lord. the thing. 
is that you haven't watched the book of Boba Fett, right? No, 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 Boba. I, I, okay. like here's, that's he, the thing. Here's the problem. So, okay, this is my opinion of the, Bo- <laughs> of the book of Boba Fett for oh, those God. listening. I think Boba Fett as a character was never interesting to me. <laughs> Sorry to spoil that for people who who like Boba Fett because there was nothing ever in the original movies that he okay he he stood over in the corner and he looked cool like that that wasn't enough you know so when they announced that the book of Boba Fett was going to be a show I was like okay maybe they this is their chance to you know make Boba like build out the story like what it what is he all about so I started watching and <laughs> I tapped out after episode two. Shut up. I tapped out. Right. And I was like, "Ah, I don't need to see this anymore. I'm not interested or invested in this character. And sure, he made an appearance in season two of Mandalorian. But I just thought, eh, maybe they're letting him do his own thing. And once again, I'm going to spoil the book of Boba Fett. Um, Then I start getting texts like, hey, are you watching the book of Boba Fett? And I was like, no, I stopped after episode two. He goes, you need to get to episode five. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Episode five. And so I went and I breezed through it. I breezed through it. And then I got to episode five. And I was like, oh, OK, <laughs> this is this is what we wanted. This is what we needed. And the episode is perfectly titled as well. The, the title of the episode, The Return of the Mandalorian. Nice. Because the second half of the season of Book of Boba Fett <laughs> is basically the Mandalorian 2.5, season 2.5. Lion King 2.5? I'm, I'm not half? even joking. I'm not oh even God. joking. And we get. You don't even know what to say. Like, you're just Mandal- like, oh my God, you're overwhelmed. <laughs> the Mandalorian comes back. We get more of his backstory, what his play is going to be. Now that he holds the dark saber, or you remember that, uh, now that he holds it, like, what does it mean? He misses Grogu. You know, he's in Needle. pain because he misses him. No. <laughs> he goes to try to see him. And Luke is training him. And <laughs> there to kind of keep a watchful eye is Ahsoka. Oh. So Ahsoka is watching Luke train Gogu and Mandalorian has an exchange with Ahsoka. And this is where we see the first Jedi temple being built or not the first, but like the Jedi temple that uh, Luke is going to use for his school. Like we start, we see it being built and, you know, we get that sense of, you know, Grogu being powerful, but at the same time distracted because he misses Mando. We, we know that we could tell. Oh, maybe. So Luke presents him with basically a choice. And he presents two things to him because Mando brought him a gift. And it was basically a Mandalorian uh, chainmail for him to wear oh a little, oh little cute suit. So your friend, the Mandalorian, gave you, left you this. And it's like this cute little like chainmail onesie for little oh baby Yoda. And then the other choice. A little Saber. baby lightsaber yeah. for Grogu. 
but you can only choose one. If you choose Chainmail, I will send you back to the Mandalorian. But if you choose the lightsaber, you will stay and complete your training as Jedi. Oh my god. They had all we, this in the book of Boba Fett? And then we get to the final episode where R2-D2 in Luke's X-Wing <laughs> flies Baby Yoda to Tatooine where the, uh, the Mandalorian is. Because Mandalorian was asked for a favor by Boba Fett and they have to make a standoff, you know, on... I can't remember, most Eisley, not most Eisley, but most whatever. And they're reunited. Mando and Baby Yoda are back together. You missed all of this. Because they decided what to waste our fuck? time with the first four episodes. <laughs> Funny enough, episodes five, six, and how many episodes was uh, Boba Fett? Was it seven episodes? If it was seven episodes, he was not in episode five and he was barely in episode six. It was fantastic. (laughs) So I think the Mandalorian is a great point for people because it's Mm -hmm. a show. People can binge. People can go back and forth like they like it. I just think it's also like for the craft. It's beautiful and it's done so well. Really groundbreaking as far as the technology goes and the the previs and all that crap that they developed for it. It's really cool. It really is. So I'm really excited to see where season three goes because I think there, there's a good story there involving Mandalorian lore. Plus baby Yoda's in tow now. Like, so we didn't Not even training have to wait. with Luke. No, like we're, it's over. we're season three. We're going to go into season three with Yoda and, and Mando back together. Baby Grogu and Mando. And Mando. Yeah, yeah, I forgot the baby part there. Um, so there's that. Mm. Are you excited for Kenobi coming out yes, in I, a few weeks? Fuck yes, I am. There I am go, so like, excited for Kenobi because I wasn't at first. And then I was like, they were like, started releasing all this thing like Ewan McGregor is back. Hayden Christensen is back. All this stuff. And then they released a trailer which featured heavily Duel of the Fates, which is one of my favorite freaking songs from John Williams. And it just had so, it was edited to perfection, had so much momentum, really seemed like it was going to fill the gap in like what the hell happened between the end of the prequel series and the beginning of the, you know, A New Hope or whatever. Yeah. And I am so here for it. I love Ewan McGregor. And I think that it it is like such a loss to not have him in like the rest of the series. (laughs) So I'm excited about Kenobi. I, I think it could be great. Cautiously optimistic. Like, yeah, I don't sure. want to put I, me my, too. My <laughs> 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 yes. As soon as I said, how about your thoughts on Kenobi? I I'm here for I it. I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. Uh, I am. I'm ready to revisit that story. I think there is some stuff there that could be a lot of fun to see in those years where Obi-Wan's basically wandering the desert of Tatooine. Kind of. And yeah, that that should be a fun, you know, throwback. Uh, Some other things that are coming down the road and you tell me whether or not you are excited for this or not. So we already mentioned Kenobi because that is the next one coming down the road. Uh, Andor. Uh, This is. uh, I could give two shits. Cassian Andor. (laughs) Uh, Diego Luna's character from. First of all, the appeal of Rogue One is that you 
fall in love with these characters, you really get invested in this small slice of a story. And then everyone dies and you're left with like a great one-off movie. Yes. I yeah. I don't think they need to delve into Diego Luna's character. Like maybe a part of me for like the representation part of it is like, yeah, like let's put all our eggs in the Diego Luna basket. But like, I don't think plot wise that I would rather go in that direction. Yes. I I agree with that as well. Um Ahsoka. Sure, but not really. I'm not too attached to Ahsoka, but the the scenes that she's in in The Mandalorian. I mean, Rosario Dawson is like really, really good. What was crazy about the Rosario Dawson, Dawson thing, I can't even say it, <laughs> was that that was basically like a fan casting. Like people were like, oh, if they ever made a movie or whatever, it should be Rosario Dawson. Like there was like, already like this thing on online of like the way we, we saw the movie uncharted. And if you want to listen to us talk about it, you could scroll back on your podcast feed. But like years ago, people were like, Oh, Nathan Fillion should be, you know, uh, Drake from uncharted. Like there's ways that the internet is like, that should be the person. Mm -hmm. And, but they made it a reality with Rosario and those, those episodes with her in it is, are really good. They're very good episodes. Uh, just to let you know, in this show, uh, we have uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is going to be in the show. Um, we have Hayden she Christensen. She just got married again. She just got married to Ewan McGregor. Yes, she did. Yeah, they um, broke up his first marriage. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's not talk too much about that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hayden Christensen will be reprising his role as Anakin Skywalker in a crossover there, apparently. Uh, and then this is the intriguing thing for those who have watched the animated stuff. Uh, they probably know where this is going. Uh, but Ray Stevenson, uh, for those who know, he was in. He's he's not like a very well-known actor but when you see his face you'll know who he is he was in um the thor movies he played one of the brothers three uh okay he, he was the bigger guy uh he is playing a mysterious villain admiral and that's the way they're leaving it vague but if you hear the word admiral everybody kind of envisions in their head grand admiral thrawn which is from the Clone Wars, apparently one of the best villains that Disney or not Disney Star Wars has ever created. Apparently people just love that character because of how evil, but smart and, you know, cutthroat he is. Uh, he's. And so I think that's what they're aiming towards there. So I'm, I'm a little bit excited only because I want to see you know, what everybody's been talking about so much with the Clone Wars. I know I should go back and watch the animated stuff. I it's get it. It's not a few episodes. That's the problem. It's just it's a like, lot of I yeah, have to footage. watch all of it, you know? Yeah. So. And they skip around too, which doesn't help in the yeah, timeline, it, I should say. Makes it a little tough. Yeah. So uh, Mandalorian season three, of course, we're going to be excited about that. I don't know what's going to happen with the whole rangers of the new republic which is i think that show that was supposed to be with gina carano but i, I don't think it's going to happen uh with everything that happened there 
And then to me, this is the one that I'm excited for the most. And it's called The Acolyte. The Acolyte is by Russian doll creator uh, Leslie uh, Headland. Uh, it's described as a, mis- a mystery thriller that will take the audience into the galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. So this is years ago. This is like hundreds of years ago during the High Republic. It was like this grand, great time. And this is where the Sith basically start to enter into this through the shadows. So I'm really excited about that. There's not really much outside of that. I wish there was more. Uh, but like that concept, does that concept, you know, sound intriguing no. at all? No, it no. doesn't. Gotcha. Uh, Sorry. It's <laughs> intriguing to me for sure. Um, but we'll see where that goes. So right now where it stands is TV in, in a better place than the movie side when it comes Absolutely. to Star Wars. They are right. 100%. They have a goal. They have a vision for their TV side. It feels like the movie side is just. Kind of floundering. lost. Yeah, floundering. I I wish I wish them luck. Not that they really need it, but I would I do hope they figure it out on the movie side because I love going to the movies. I love watching movies. So being able to get lost in the Star Wars universe on the movie side would be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would be great. Um, since we were talking about the movies, you know, I know you said. A New Hope is your favorite. Which one do you like the least? Um, For for any of the movies? Yeah, any of the movies. Oh, bro, it's Phantom Menace slash Attack of the Clones. Both both of those. <laughs> both. <laughs> both. No oh. question. Yeah, they, they're not very Lately, I've been coming across a lot of people that love the prequel trilogy. And I'm genuinely confounded yeah, by that. Yeah. I was confounded, but it, I think living it's, through it as a child. Yeah, I'm confounded <laughs> by the here's, the here's fandom the around those three movies. I think that even when you were a child, because you are a little younger than me, I still think that it's even people younger than you who are the ones that are like enamored with the yes. prequel trilogy. Yeah. They truly grew up with, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old, you know, you know, <laughs> I hate sand. You know? <laughs> and <laughs> you were the chosen one. And like all this stuff, like they grew yeah. up, that was their movie. The midi-chlorians. Of, oh God. But Hey, look, if they like it, they like it. I think Attack of the Clones is the worst Star Wars movie. Um, it's it's just not very good. It's not very interesting. <laughs> There's not very many good acting performances. Like Portman. Portman. Look, Hayden Christensen, whatever you want to say, it's true. It, it, bad acting, just, just not good at all. But the fact that Portman was so bad in that movie too is just, oof. <laughs> oof. Oscar winner. Oscar winner Natalie Portman. Just like (laughs) terrible. Um, Do you have – there's so many moments that you can kind of pull out of any Star Wars movie. But are there like a couple that you can just say, I love this scene or this is one of my favorite moments or I could just watch this moment at any time? Like just a couple. In order 
or like oh if you want to give it in order yeah you could give it in order if if you'd like okay but phantom menace duel of the okay. fates ah yes it's a it's a great amazing we're skipping attack of the clones and going straight to revenge of the sith obi-wan uh, and anakin you can't skip over. yes i can i you can't will. skip over the the way anakin is able to take a piece of apple and <laughs> i think it was a pear or a pear was, and force yeah. feed it to padme come on come on you can't skip that next i can and i will <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. I've got Obi Wan versus Anakin on Mustafar. It's fantastic. It's it's that is legitimately one of the best scenes throughout this Star Wars. This is in I think it's spite great. of Hayden Christensen's. You underestimate my power and like all this like crazy yeah, it's, it's bad delivery. Very bad delivery. It's but yes, a really good scene. I'll go with Rogue One. The ending of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. That hallway scene. The Bruh. hallway scene. Bruh. We Yo. were in New York in single digit weather. Yeah, we were. Watching Rogue One. And it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> the way. Oh, the way. Do you remember the, the theater? Saber light, oh, the theater lost it. Oh, my God. The theater lost it. The, it was amazing. That is one of my favorite scenes as well. The way the lightsaber lights up. The way he like pins a guy to the ceiling and then just throws it. Like he basically just waves his lightsaber behind him to slice open his stomach like <sighs> insane like we got the viciousness of Darth Vader finally it, finally so yes yeah. i agree a new hope i have a few binary oh. sunset okay because i just love the visuals on that yeah I like the Great. hopeful hero like the naive hopeful hero that hasn't gone through anything yet I like exactly that. the cantina scene <laughs> which is great Lots of layers to that one, too, I feel. Was the devil in there? Yeah, the devil was, was definitely the in devil. there. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, that was the devil. Or a yeah. demon, at the very least. <laughs> at least. Running around that I know. A princess Leia rescue, which ah. I still love Harrison Ford's, like, everything's great down here, don't worry, you know, everything's under control. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The line delivery on that is great. And then the trench run in episode four. Great stuff. That yeah. Is great stuff. Great movie. Great movie all around. Yeah. Episode five, you know, Empire Strikes Back, Raising the X-Wing. Mm. You know what? That's pretty much it. Raising the X-Wing is like leaps and bounds above the other ones. And of course you had the I am your father no, I am your father. That's great. Like, but that I love the, the raising of the X-Wing. <laughs> because do or do not, there is no try. I see it, but I don't believe it. And that is why you fail. fail. <laughs> or you know what line I really enjoy in that movie is like, um, I'm not afraid. And that. This is no, why no. you no, it, oh no, no, no. I'm no. not afraid. And he says you should you, be. You will be. You will be. That's it. You will yeah. be. I'm not afraid. You will be. Like it, <laughs> just the oh. all like the You would get a lot of Yoda in that movie, and I really like that. Very much enjoyed. Yes. Yeah. Um so hmm. what do you got for Return episode six? Jedi. Yeah. Return of the Jedi. I am not a, a, a big fan of Return of the Jedi, but I, with that said, uh, 
I enjoy the battle between Luke and Darth in this movie. And one of the moments that I truly enjoy is when Darth Vader threatens his sister. Yeah. And Luke shows all the rage and just starts. This is when he pops out of the shadows and gives away his position by screaming. Yeah. Yeah. But he just goes at it and. Darth is on the defensive. When he cu- finally cuts off his hand at this point because yep. he goes like ape shit on him. Full circle. Uh, a hand for a hand. Uh, <laughs> but at that moment where he could kill him, he stops and he remembers what he's fighting for. It's not just, you know, like the galaxy, but it is his friends, his family, and for the soul of his father. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Love it. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I think we're now in Force Awakens. Yes, Force Awakens. Unless you do you have something for Solo? Um, Solo, you know what? I love the way they came up with his last name. I mean, I think it's one of the best things You're joking, that right? ever done in movie history. Oh my the god. The fact that the nuance of you know <laughs> what's your what's your name? Who are your people? Who are your people? I don't got people. Solo. Han Solo. All right, Han Solo. I mean, (laughs) perfection. (laughs) Of course. No, no, of course not. No, no. That movie is not very memorable at all. And I don't think there's anything in that movie where I can be like, oh, that was great. Not really. It Mm -hmm. was a very bland movie, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. So, Skipping right along to The Force Awakens. <laughs> Force Awakens. Um, or yeah. A New Hope 2.0. Um, I've got three things. So Escaping Jakku, which I've seen a lot because it's a, grand, a great feature on the Star Tours ride. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I've escaped Jakku a lot, guys. <laughs> Just from that ride. Just from that ride. Yeah, and then the Han and Ben Solo sequence yes that is so great so great and then the raylo fight Ooh, the first raylo fight the first raylo fight yeah yeah that's a good fight i know that is he's like pounding this his side like where his wound is yeah to like kind of like force like pain adrenaline to like take over and he's like bleeding yeah it's i'm horrified to this day I love the moment where he knocks down Finn. He's taken Finn out of the out of the equation and he's force reaching for that saber <gasps> and as it just flies right by him and just lands in Ray's hand. And like both of them just like with this stunned look on their face. I just love that moment. Chills they, the first time I yeah, saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Then the, the music kicks into yes. the force theme. Oh, beautiful. Kaka. So All good. Right. Uh, The Last Jedi. Throne Room. Throne Room. Easy. Bye. <laughs> no, there's nothing difficult about this yeah. one. No. Um, the Throne Room, the entire sequence from the moment they bring Rey into the Throne Room all the way through killing Snoke, the fight against the Praetorian Guards, like all that. Fantastic. And all the way into the moment of Kylo reaching out his hand. And I love like... Everything that he's saying about the entire situation, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. forget the past, you know. Yeah. Kill the And mask. then you're nobody, Kill but not to me. To. 
Yeah, exactly. That line, devastating. You're nothing. You're no. You're nothing. You're nobody. But not to me. But not to me. And the the little oh, way he says, please, like almost under his breath, as he's like, don't let me do this alone, like type of thing. The the, yeah. the plea is fantastic. I do want to say I I love those four Skype sessions that um, <laughs> Ray and Kylo have. I really enjoy, yeah. especially the first one. Mm. So it's like he's being stitched up. She's waking up from a nap and like she like shoots instinctively. Yeah. But he's not really there. And like they're kind of like looking for each other and they like meet. And she is all like rage focused. It's like you're going to mm. pay for what you did. Blah, blah. But he is like inquisitive. He's like, how, how is this happening? How is this happening? You're not doing this. It would be too powerful for you. Can you mm-hmm. see where I am? I can't see your location. Like, right. <laughs> I love like that counterbalance of like, she's full of rage. She just wants revenge for what he mm-hmm. did. She wants but blood. He, and he's like, hey, what we, is I actually happening? What is all this? Yeah. What is going on? This yeah. is something new to us as an audience as well. We have never seen something like that. The only glimpse that I can say we've seen was when, uh, in episode five, Empire, when Luke is hanging or dangling upside down mm-hmm. in Cloud City, and he kind of like yells out, like he's like, Leia. And mm. then, like, all of a sudden, Leia's like, we got to turn around. Yeah. Yeah. She knows. Was, she knows something. And oh, in that same movie, when they're making their escape on the Millennium Falcon right after that moment. Yeah. Like, Luke and Vader are kind of having like a conversation through the force. Mm. They're like father and like, you know, you know, you know it to be true and blah, blah, blah. So, so we've seen it before, but not to like the extent of like a full blown, like I can see. Like the Wi-Fi is level is strong. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The Wi-Fi is strong. Um, Okay. That brings us to the last movie. Rise of Skywalker. I gotta be honest. I, I, think maybe the Raylo kiss which i'm a huge like enemies to lovers trope and they did not do it well in this trilogy however i am a fan of like Raylo. you are a fan i'm a fan of i'm a fan of the connection but not necessarily of them like a full-blown romance they didn't do it well like they didn't do it well we'll get into um i think i think our last point is like a what we would want to see in Star yeah. Wars. But I think that's the only scene from Rise of Skywalker that I would throw out there is the Ray Locus and then poof, he, he, he vanishes. I think the, uh, I do like visually a lot of the fight on the old, uh, broken down, um, um, yes. Why, why am I blanking yes. on Death Star? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the waves are crashing and like you have, Ray and Kylo fighting. I visually I think it is very nice, but overall, yeah, the movie is uh, yeah, missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Uh but speaking of opportunities, Jessica. Yeah. If you had the chance to create something for Star Wars. Yeah. And this will be where we kind of wrap up. Where or what would you want to see in the Star Wars universe? Bridgerton in space. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
Bridgerton in space. <laughs> I am not saying that I am like the biggest diehard fan of Bridgerton, but I do want the idea, like the base idea of Bridgerton, which is romance, right? On a big scale, like that's the only topic of the each season of Bridgerton is like this is a full blown romance for like this couple. I want that in the Star Wars universe. We have I am a big believer that we have not had a proper romance in space in this Star Wars universe. I should I should say definitely not. Because if you're going to come at me and say, oh, it's Padme and Anakin, blah, blah, blah. No, honey. No. (laughs) I know that like I know that the the needle drop of Across the Stars is like throwing you because John Williams really did them the favor. But no, that is not a good romance. If that romance does it for you, I question your romantic (laughs) taste. Some people say, oh, it's, you know, Princess Leia and And Han Han. Solo. Mm. Fine. Maybe five minutes of romance between the three movies. Only five minutes. I mean, honestly. So. So no. So like a true (laughs) love story. Yes, like beginning to end. I don't want Skywalkers. I want a freaking romance epic in space. Okay. I can I could get behind that for sure. And because or and I mentioned it. this earlier. <laughs> you can do it. It it can be done. And or I would like a mother maybe this is like a mini series. It's just Leia and Han being parents. Like what does that look like? Why so did like it go wrong? Family ties in this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sitcom! Oh my god, it could be like a WandaVision type like sitcom. Show me that smile. Show me that smile. Yeah. Yes. Right. Space sitcom. Space sitcom. Oh my god, they could really, I mean, do something creative with it. They could. And then at the end of every episode, it's kind of like glitches out and here's what really happened. Like maybe these <laughs> these are all like twi- distorted memories or something. Oh, like in Last Jedi, like this is my point of view. This is my point of view. And here's the truth. Yeah. Kind of like that. What do you mean Last Jedi? Last Jedi. Um uh Kylo, no. the way no. he the way he describes his interaction with Luke, that Luke was oh, gonna I kill see, him. I see, I see, I see. Then you okay. have Luke's version where he like sensed it and then he's I thought himself. you meant the last duel because oh, no. that's three different Well, yeah, that that another Adam Driver movie where yeah. a story is told from three different perspectives. <laughs> yeah. Um no, but <laughs> but yeah, no, that that sounds pretty interesting. Um uh, my idea was more not exactly this movie, but kind of like this kind of this feel in a way of kind of like a Zodiac type oh, no. of movie, <laughs> but not like not as dark or, or as heavy as David Fincher would make it, but more like. Can you imagine could, if David Fincher signed on to do a Star Wars series or a Star Wars movie? That'd be wild. But what I'm saying is. A, a series or even a movie that deals with maybe like uh, an older like pilot or and a younger pilot and, you know, they're solving like this mystery that and we can have like little things from the Star Wars universe kind of, you know, popping in and out. But they're trying to solve a mystery of maybe like a galactic leader who had been assassinated or something. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that would be a cool story to tell. Or you could do it through the Jedi Council where they're called in to, you know, to like help solve what is going on. And there I almost don't even dealings. want like Jedi Council involvement. Yeah. Like if I was doing your concept, I yeah. would have it be like almost I know sci-fi, but like fucking like Twilight Zone sci-fi mm. where it's like, oh, something bizarre happens on our little planet. And like we have to try and figure it out before like the Jedi Council gets wind that's a uh, hurt gets wind of it. Oh, OK. Ooh. And like we don't have all the high tech means to like solve this but you know something's wreaking havoc there's something here that shouldn't be here and is it a serial killer is it an animal like what is it yes exactly yes and i think it could be interesting yeah local government on a one small planet like that's on the outer rim because of course it has to be on the outer rim has to be (laughs) has to be can't be metropolitan planet come on no 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 it has to be backlands of like some distant planet that nobody or what about about. like a blade runner type Mm. like movie not blade runner movie right but the blade runner setting yes as well because they did have that in one of the prequels where it was like a planet that had all of that sort of a neon looking oh yeah 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 yeah. what's the name and it can like falls out of a like he purposely jumps out of their speeder or whatever yep to land that on scene, that, that planet or whatever. Yeah. Like that seems like we could the, we could be there for a minute. It, yeah, it could be there for a minute. Uh you can tell a story about that shady underworld that's there on seems that to planet. be a, an underworld on that planet. So exactly. Like, so you can tell an entire story about more. it. Yeah, yeah, tell me more about it. I, I'm intrigued. I'll I'll sit down and watch. <laughs> so those are the stories that we would like to see in the Star Wars universe. A Bridgerton epic <laughs> romance and a Zodiac style murder <laughs> investigation. Uh, yeah. So Disney, get on it. Get on it. <laughs> uh, but okay. So I think that's a pretty good place to kind of uh, end off here. We we kind of talked about where Star Wars stands. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys are enjoying this on May the 4th, you know, because May the 4th be with you. Yeah. And maybe we'll review Kenobi on our Patreon. Yes, we can always talk about Kenobi on our Patreon. So that's a good reason to check out our Patreon, which you can always do at patreon.com slash always critic pod. Other things that you can do is check out our social media. We're at always critic pod. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. You can find us at always critic pod. Come check us out on your favorite podcast feed. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, many more. Go ahead and subscribe there. Those are a bunch of different ways to follow us. Uh, Believe me, we love talking to you guys. Let us know what's your favorite Star Wars movie. What type of Star Wars movie or show would you like to see? Mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting question. I would love to see your responses to it. So let us know on social media at AlwaysCriticPod. So... With that said, that has been our episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast.